This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. You're listening to the Circe Podcast Network. I'm Joshua Gibbs, and this is Proverbial, the podcast where we explore the wisdom of the ages as it comes to us in Proverbs, by which I mean wise sayings a man may live by if he's not so arrogant as to think himself special. Episode 114, After Roger Scruton. Today's proverb comes from Solomon. I'll read it twice. Do not say, why were the old days better than these? For it's not wise to ask such questions. Once more. Do not say, why were the old days better than these? For it is not wise to ask such questions. At the end of the year, like a lot of people, I get nostalgic. I start thinking about the old days at the end of the year. And there's something about Christmas which prompts a consideration of tradition. Christmas is the single greatest source of tradition in people's lives. And Christmas gets people thinking about tradition. It gets people thinking about the old days. And as somebody who has defended tradition as an abstraction, defended convention as an abstraction for years, I commonly have this proverb, this verse from Ecclesiastes, thrown in my face by people who do not like tradition. Or people who wouldn't say... I don't like tradition, they would say, well, we've got to be careful about not worshipping the past, or not adoring the past. We have to cast a critical eye at the past. And they quote this verse. I'm sure that 
There's a lot of people out there who think of themselves as defenders of tradition and convention and the old days that have this verse thrown at them. Now, it's worth going back to see the particular wording of this verse, because I swear that it's often the case that when I have this verse thrown at me, I have it thrown improperly. Like the verse is not even quoted. The proverb is not even quoted correctly. And people assume, if you were vaguely familiar with this verse before this episode, there's a good chance that you were a bit surprised by the particular wording of it. Because the way that a lot of people remember this is, do not say the old days were better than these. That's what most people remember. But that's not the proverb. It's don't say, why were the old days better than these? And then the second part of the proverb is equally intriguing. It is not wise to ask such questions. Now, again, the particular wording here is very important. It's not, don't say the old days were better than these. And it's also not, it's not wise to ask this. Rather, it's, it is not wise to ask such questions. This is apparently a kind of question. Here's what I find intriguing about the particular wording of this proverb. What kind of a question is, why were the old days better than these? Do not ask, why were the old days better than these? I would lay green money that you have never heard somebody ask that question. Consider it for a moment. You've never heard someone say, why were the old days better than these? You have heard people assert that the old days were better than these. But virtually no one who asserts that the old days were better than these asks why. They simply assert the old days were better and then launch into a lengthy description of why. They're not inquiring why. They know why. No one asks, why were the old days better than these? Why were the 90s better than today? Anybody who lived through the 90s can tell you. Because everyone wasn't glued to their phones in the 90s. Because the internet had not yet ruined music, movies, sex, shopping, every other delightful thing in the world. That's why the 90s were better. Why were the 70s better than the 90s? Ask anyone who lived through both decades. They will not be baffled by this. They will have a long litany of reasons why the old days were better. They do not need to ask. Pretty much no one who asserts a bygone era was better asks why. They are dogmatically certain already. They want to tell you about this. Who asks, why were the old days better than these? Now, I want to say, though, that there's two ways of reading this question. The question can mean two entirely different things, depending on how you read it. The first
first way to read this question is with a doubtful tone. The question is skeptical that the old days were better. One person says, the old days were better than these. And the cynic says, why were the old days better than these? That's a foolish question. You've simply got to sit there and let the people who assert the old days were better assert away, assert to their heart's content. Don't ask them why. Don't assume that they're wrong. Or the sort of person who says the old days were better than these is an old person, and the person who doubts it is a young person. And in that way, young people are the fools who demand that their elders give rational accounts of why the old days were better. If one old person says to another old person, the old days were better than these, and his old friend disagrees, why were the old days better? It's either because he remembers his past with bitterness or because he's far more successful now than he was in the old days. Either way, his motivation for doubting the goodness of the old days is not defensible. That's one way of reading the question as a sort of doubting question. Do not doubt that the old days were better than these. Do not ask why. They're obviously better. I don't think that's the best way to read this question, though. I don't think that's actually what's being prohibited. You can read the question honestly, not cynically, not sarcastically, not skeptically. Why were the old days better than these? Could be a prying into the past. Could be the search for the principle that made the past better than the present as though that principle can remake the present into the past, if we can just find it. Why were the old days better than these is a question posed by the world changer. Someone who wants to shift everything back to the way it was. And that is foolish. However, nostalgia is not about bringing back the old days. Nostalgia, the fond remembrance of the past, a fond longing for the past, is not a desire to make the present into a different sort of thing. That's the opposite of nostalgia. That's a parody of nostalgia. And the same is true of tradition. Tradition is not about the old days. This is a common mistake that people make these days. A materialist society does not understand what tradition is. Tradition is not about the old days. Nostalgia is a longing for home. That's what the word means on an etymological level. But on a practical level, nostalgia is the bittersweet feeling of remembering the past. And it's bitter because you're not going to get it back. But the past is also sweet because the old days were better than these. 
And it's bitter to remember because they're gone. So to remember the good old days is a kind of exercise in futility. They are gone. You'll not bring them back. The sweetness is necessarily bitter because this good thing is gone. As Boethius says in the Consolation, in every sort of misery, the worst part is to remember back when you were happy. The human memory, your memory, constitutes most of your happiness and most of your misery in this life. Tradition and nostalgia are different. Traditions are not bittersweet. Traditions tend to be far sweeter than nostalgia. Nostalgia is a longing for something that is gone. That's not what a tradition is. Traditions emerge long ago, but traditions make the past eternally present. Traditions keep the past with us in perpetuity. Tradition is what keeps the old days from being the old days. Tradition is a recognition that something in the old days opened up a portal into the realms of eternity and that that portal opens periodically again and again and again so that you can glimpse eternity through it. What are the old days, though? I think the old days were days fundamentally different from these days, right? These are the two terms used in the Proverbs. Do not say that the old days were better than these. So we've got the old days and we've got these. The old days are fundamentally different from these. They're days that are, the old days are days that are two changes removed from how things work now. I want to say that the old days start at that point. The old days start at the point that they're two steps removed from how things are now. The old days are not what came before these days. But the days that came before, the days that came before these days. And so we have no direct, immediate, tangible connection to the old days. They exist in our imaginations. We are more than one metaphysical unit removed from the old days. And so they're not days that have just passed, but days that have long passed. So for this reason, the old days are days we have to make present in our memories. We cannot make them literally, actually present. We have to reconstruct them. And we reconstruct them in our memories. For instance, I realize what I just said is very abstract. Let me, let me put a more definitive point on it. Since moving to Richmond nine years ago, I have had two homes. In the nine years that I've lived in Richmond, I've had two homes. The first home that we had, we only had for a year. And the second home, we've had for eight years now. I do not think of our first home as existing in the old days. I think of the home that we had before that home, 
the home that we moved from in Pensacola, Florida, as the home from the old days. It's two steps removed. It is a home that is long gone, and thus it's a home that has to be reconstructed in memory. As for the first home, it's right down the street. I could drive and look at it right now if I wanted to. So the days that we lived in our first house are still too tangible to really refer to them as the old days. The old days have to be physically gone so that they can be reimagined in a more perfect way, in a more perfect form. That's what makes the old days the old days. So the same is sort of true when you enter college. When you enter college, your high school days aren't the old days. You're only one step removed from them. In college, your elementary school days are the old days. Because they're two steps removed. Traditions really come to mean something when they hail from the old days. Traditions do not emerge after the fact. This is crucial. Skeptical materialists think that traditions are invented. They're not invented, not from whole cloth at least. Traditions which last are not invented. Traditions which last have a mind of their own. We are subject to them. They are not subject to us. And we recognize that a tradition is emerging almost independently of us. This is a fact I believe I have brought up on the show before. A couple years ago, I got very interested in Civil War recreations. And not because I have any particular interest in the Civil War, but because I now live on the Eastern Seaboard and I'm surrounded by Civil War battlefields. And I'm aware of the recreations of these battles. And I think if you live in the East Coast, you sort of take Civil War recreations for granted. And you know that there are many people who are aficionados of the Civil War. They know all the facts. They know all the body counts, the maneuvers of various armies over what hills and what, um, in what countrysides. And knowing all these things, you know that maybe also on the anniversary of a battle, a significant one, Gettysburg, Petersburg, that all the recreationists come out and they kind of perform the battle. I don't know that this seems all that strange until you start thinking about how these recreations came into being. Like, when did this get started? And you've got to imagine that, if you just spend a moment considering this, that the first time there was a recreation of a battle, people must have been rather impressed by the strangeness of it. Like, imagine being the first person to suggest that we recreate the Battle of Gettysburg. Imagine, imagine there being no tradition 
of Civil War recreations. Bunch of guys are drinking after work in the evening at a bar, and one of them says, Hey, the anniversary of Gettysburg's coming up tomorrow. What if we went out to the field and, like, redid it? People are like, what do you mean, redid it? You know how many people died in the battles of Gettysburg? I don't want to redo that. How would you how would you convince people to recreate the Battle of Gettysburg for the first time if there was no history of this? If there was no tradition of it? It's more or less impossible to imagine the pitch meeting for recreating the Battle of Gettysburg. But here's the thing. If you if you dig into the history of recreations, you will find, indeed, there was no pitch meeting for it. Because the recreation of the Battle of Gettysburg, or any Civil War battle, was not invented. It was not the product, really, of human imagination many years later. And this is rather bizarre. I was dumbstruck when I found this out. Recreations of Civil War battles began before the Civil War was even over. People immediately began recreating the battles. War wasn't even over. It was like an automatic sort of thing. It was not the sort of thing that was carefully thought through. It was intuitive. It was reflexive. And that's what traditions are. Traditions emerge in the moment. A tradition is an opening between heaven and earth. And the opening comes along on fixed dates or at fixed seasons. And by participating in the tradition, you get to enter through this portal by which heaven and earth are connected, by which Kronos and Kairos are connected. Temporal time, earthly time, and heavenly time. Traditions are normally fixed to particular dates or seasons of the year at very least. Which is one of the reasons why we're so particular about Christmas traditions. Think of all the Christmas culture that we box up for 11 months out of the year. Won't touch it. It's like, ah, it's not the right time. It's almost as though Christmas things won't do anything for us at any other time of year. The Christmas season is this kind of holy magic that activates the Christmas things. And as soon as the Christmas season is over, all the Christmas things seem gutted. They seem dispirited. And it strikes us as deeply wrong to have them around or to use them, which is why there are many people who become so fastidious about putting away the Christmas things the second Christmas is over. Um, this is a, 
you know, a rather extreme example, but it's almost the way that people in old movies, Jeremiah Johnson or what have you, respond to coming across an Indian burial ground, like immediately seize back. And I'm like, no, we can't walk here. I don't believe in the gods, but I don't walk on Indian burial grounds. That's just bad juju. People, many people feel the same way about keeping Christmas stuff up after Christmas. They're, they're put off by it, almost like there's something uncanny about it. Like the Christmas things take on like this dark quality as soon as the season has passed, if they're still around. That's how particular traditions are to times. And I think that's evidence of the fact that we didn't make traditions. Traditions exist in perpetuity at fixed points in the year, in the calendar, from the time that that they are first existing in the world. If we had control over them, we wouldn't feel so put off by the idea of breaking out traditions out of season. But we are deeply disturbed by it. It's one of the last pure superstitions that virtually everyone acknowledges. Do not get out the Christmas things before Christmas. So in this way, traditions are not longing for the good old days. Traditions are the good old days. Traditions are tokens of the good old days that have never left us. Traditions are the good old days in sacramental forms. Traditions help us hear, taste, smell, touch the good old days. Traditions are not from a bygone era. They are incarnate renderings of time. deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. 